Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Hey, Gain, Grow, Retain community. This is Jay. Um, have a really special guest to share with you on the podcast today. His name's Matt Muskowski, who is the uh, VP of Customer Success Management in uh, Europe for SAP. And uh, we talked about a couple of cool concepts, how they do success planning uh, there and, and what their offerings look like for customer success management at SAP. So if you really want to know how to launch customer success within a very large company, SAP has 95,000 employees. Uh, this is a great episode to listen to. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. I think one of the biggest changes that SAP has gone through over recent weeks and months is um, the, the change of board areas. Um, so my organization, Preferred Success, is now under the same board area as our customer engagement team. Um, so hopefully Got that it. will bring some greater alignment. Um, and, and one of those alignments is hopefully the utilization adoption of, of Tango. Got it. That's really interesting. And so when you say board area, is that like a business unit or is that a, a division, functional division of the organization? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you've kind of kept up to date with, with some of the changes at SAP. So um, long-term CEO Bill McDermott left, mm-hmm. I can't yep. remember now, nine months ago maybe, is it? Yeah, um, service now. Uh, yes, correct. Um, when Bill left, we announced co-CEOs. Um, so Christian Klein uh, in Germany um, uh, and Jennifer Morgan in uh, the US. Um, and it looked a good fit. Um, now, whether co-CEOs work or ever work or have longevity, um, I think you can debate that and you can come down on either side of that argument. Um, I mean, SAP do have a history of co-CEOs. I think, I think Bill McDermott himself was a co-CEO until he took sole, uh, sole accountability, but that was way before my time. But, but, but Christian and Jen um, um, were announced as co-CEOs. Um, Jen Morgan left the business probably three or four weeks ago now, and we have Christian Klein as, 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 as our sole CEO. Um, but we are now under um, a board area called customer success. Um, um, and underneath that, you, I guess you have separate functional lines, um, preferred success being one of them, uh, customer engagement um, as being another one. Um, but ultimately under the same board area and the same board owner, um, which is good. I think, I think the, the other thing that's quite interesting is what happens when you create a board area titled customer success. Um, mm. And it, it, and I cynical me that's been around for a while. Um, if you attach a, a label, um, is that really changing culture behavior? It ultimately still comes down to a very English phrase, which is the, the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you've got to see people's behaviors change. You've got to see the way that we engage with our customers change. And I think lots of that is changing. Are we perfect? No, most definitely not. Um, but I'm definitely seeing us change behaviors, change the way that we interact and communicate with our customers, change how we interact and communicate internally. Um, so I think there's lots of things that we're doing well. I still think we've got a a few more steps to go in that well, journey to, you, to say we've nailed it. 
you have 95,000 employees. Is that close? Give or take. Yeah. Give or take <laughs> yeah. yeah I, mean, I think change, change yeah. does not happen overnight. Right. But one thing's for sure, whether you have 95,000 employees or 95 employees, yep. it's that kind of change has to come from the top down. So what is your, what has changed in the, in the leadership and the way that they talk about and behave around customer yeah. success in addition to having a board area? Yeah, I think, um, I think this, yeah, I think this will lead into one of the, the topics that I think you and me um, exchanged um, LinkedIn messages about um, and, and that outcomes piece. Um, it's been really interesting. So um, I joined SAP two and a half years ago, um, had a, pretty solid background of um, customer success leadership experience um, with a small UK scale up initially um, or most recently uh, a company called Rantom Rave. Um, prior to that, I worked for Autodesk where I place a, a large element of um, my learning and education of customer success um, uh, attributed to, to my time there. Great company, great culture, great people had an absolute blast there while we, learned what customer success meant, um, mm -hmm. made some mistakes, learned from them, moved on. And it was just probably the defining moment in my career to, to date. Um, and one of the things that we did very well at Autodesk was that outcomes-based approach to customer success. And, um, and that was one of the things that I really wanted to introduce to the CS team at SAP when I joined. When I joined. So moving away from that traditional customer success kind of mindset, um, probably slightly reactive, probably slightly too much focused on the, the tactical and operational elements of supporting our customers and trying yeah. to switch levers so that we became a lot more focused on, on outcomes. But if I'm going to be very candid, I, I was probably one of very few, if not the only person at that time that was really pushing that two and a half years ago, um, but was quite determined that was the right thing to do. Ultimately, I own the preferred success region from here um, and the renewals that come with it. And if I was going to be successful or fail, it was going to be doing it my way, which was this outcomes based approach to, to customer success. But, but what we're seeing today, and if you look at any of the, the comments from Christian, from Jen before she left, um, from Adair Fox Martin, who is the customer success um, board area owner, there's a lot of references to understanding our customers outcomes. And all of a sudden, the, the perfect storm of, I guess, what I believed customer success to be about and what SAP is now ready and mature enough to be ready to look at as a customer success and a business mindset, culture, offering, we're now, I think, at that, that perfect place. Um, and that's what I'm seeing coming together now. So, so when we talk about change, whether it's 95,000 employees or 95 employees, we're now singing from the same hymn sheet when we talk about outcomes. Yeah. Yes, it probably still means different things to different people, but yeah. I think we're actually, we're actually consistent with what we're saying now. Yeah, that's great. So when, when I first started in customer success, it was more about adoption yep. and you know, implementation and yep. um, feature usage, but that doesn't always yep. equate to value. It doesn't always equate to yep. outcomes, positive outcomes. So yeah, now, I guess, so one of the challenges I would, I'm curious about is SAP used to be a lot of on-premise software, right? Yep. So I, I envision you probably still, still have a mix, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you have both in your portfolio of on-prem and? No, so, no. So my, um, so just to, to kind of, I guess, explain some of my, um, 
my structure. So I have somewhere in the region of, I think, uh, 75, I say, I think I should know exactly, but somewhere in the region of 75 it's report success somewhere. managers. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, 75 CSMs across EMEA. Um, I have five regional directors that are people managers for those 75 CSMs. Um, EMEA means everything from um, the UK and Ireland through to Benelux and Nordics, down through France to Spain and Italy and Portugal, across to the Middle East, down to South Africa. Um, and I guess circling back to Ireland, and the reason I talk about Ireland separately um, and call them out separately is the way that I guess my team is separated is I have a team of CSMs that probably look after our larger enterprise size customers and then um, hub based CSMs based in Ireland that may look after some of our mid market size customers. Um, and then we have a separate digital organization for our smaller customers, which I don't have accountability for. Got it. Um, so that's kind of the structure. Preferred success, as I mentioned, is a paid engagement. Um, again, a, a, an interesting topic to, to debate yeah. within yeah. the CS community. Um, th three, three companies I've worked for, two we've charged for a offering, including the CSM, um, Autodesk, one of them, SAP now. Um, can, can, I, we, can we yeah, dig into that for a second? Because yeah, I don't want to go all the way down the rabbit hole, but yeah. <laughs> so see if this resonates with you. When I think about paid customer success, I like how you call it an engagement. It is a package of services, right? Exactly. And, and I think of that, the other terminology I, I sometimes use for that is technical account manager. Right. Okay. Where, where, you know, there's specific things that somebody's going to do with and for you as a customer yep. that, that what we wouldn't normally do. Right. Yep. So I think the whole argument about whether to charge or not charge for customer success misses a really big nuance, which is there are services being provided there that are above and beyond. Yep. yep. So, yeah, you, do, can, you, you, cannot, you cannot charge, I, I do not believe you can charge for a CSM. You can charge for an offering right. that is a holistic, complete package. And what that package looks like will differ between SAP and, and, and Autodesk and any other of those companies out there that, that charge. And let's not, let's not be naive about it. Someone somewhere has to pay for that CSM. Probably it's less about whether it's chargeable or not chargeable. It's whether it's visible or invisible. Um, yeah, and package into the software the, or not. Yeah, that's the reality of it. It's, it's all has to be paid for somewhere. That's right. <laughs> hey there, this is Jeff trying to make it in less than 15 seconds. So here's the pitch. We have an online community with thousands of customer success leaders. Now we're searching for sponsors and partners to help us grow that. Are you one of them? Reach out to us. Let us know. Exactly right. Okay, I interrupted you. No, and, and actually just on that kind of rabbit hole of charging, the, the, the offering is exactly that. Um, and it's made up of four key components. Um, the, the first kind of um, foundational level is uh, an enhanced support offering. So it's taking our basic product support offering and enhancing it with enhanced SLAs. Um, and that has a degree of value. And, and you can always debate both internally at SAP and with our customers whether yeah. that is value or not um, or how valuable where it gets interesting and exciting is when we talk about learning resources the second pillar we offer exclusive learning content to users administrators to help drive adoption and consumption of that cho chosen software um, the third area we have is something called success resources super powerful 
Um, and I would like us to, and I think we will over time expand what that is. The way that I break it down into a very simplified kind of explanation is it's mini consulting packages. Mm -hmm. Single hour, couple of hours where we can offer some form of consultative offering, usually based around some form of validation or check. So whether it's a technical or functional check, we are ensuring that our customers do not have barriers to adoption, either within their software and how they've set it up, or with their functional utilization of that software. Um, and what we're trying to do is identify those risks to adoption and then work with our customers to remove those barriers to adoption. Um, now, yes, we have a consulting and a large consulting um, business at SAP, but most consulting companies and consulting offerings don't want to get involved in single day engagements, a yeah. couple of hours here and there. So yeah. if we can take something like that, package it into a bigger offering, then I think it, it's win, win, win everywhere. Um, so we call those success resources and, 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 and they're, they're pretty powerful. Um, and the fourth and final area is that customer success manager. Um, so the CSM is one component of four that we offer to our customers as part of that paid engagement. Um, and the CSM largely is there, um, taking a US term, as the quarterback to drive the playbook of activities yeah. to ensure that our customers get value. And value works in two ways for us, or loosely in two ways. Value in the software, but also value in preferred success. So obviously our customers have paid for both the software and that extended offering. Um, so they've got to be accountable for both the value realization of the software and of the offering that our customers have, have uh, invested money in. Yeah. So when you were talking about uh, preferred success and owning the renewal and basically you have your uh, own book. I, I, didn't, I didn't say own renewal. <laughs> let, let me clarify. I, let me, I, I thought you said... Accountable uh, for the value? Well, I was thinking renewal of preferred, of preferred success. Yeah. But... but yeah, so clarify the renewal piece. I, I, yeah. I'm fighting the waters. It, it's, it's, no, it's a, it's a great point and one that um, we work hard to, to understand swim lanes and accountabilities. Um, I think what I mentioned at the beginning, um, the customer engagement executive. Yes. They are effectively, in my very simplified view, largely the account manager. And they account do a manager. lot more. Yeah. Um, okay. yep. But they are effectively the ones that are responsible for ensuring the renewal transaction takes place. Um, yep. So they have commercial accountability for the relationship. What the team of CSMs do, my team, is have accountability for the value realization. So we ensure yep. that our customers get value in it to make sure that hopefully the renewal is a non-event. We That's work right. very closely, the CE and the CSM, um, and it works, it works very well in the large majority of our engagements. Um, so, so I would imagine SAP overall has a very high renewal rate amongst just the software, the core software subscription. I would also imagine that once a customer gets a taste of the preferred success services, it's also very sticky. But do you find, is your goal to work yourself out of a job there? So they, <laughs> so they can be, which is so, tricky. But No, no, it isn't. So um, you're, you're partly right. Um, so yes, we, we do have some, some very attractive um, renewal rates. Um, they, increase even more with preferred success attached to it, which is exactly what we want it to do right. from, a, for, from a commercial um, standpoint. So when I'm talking to the vast sales organization that we have at, at SAP and they, they're asking why they should care to include preferred success in their bill of material for, for a customer, well, we can say, look, 
it, it is easier for you as the account executive that is actually working on these, these large deals to sell more software or to sell wider software to not just happier customers, but successful customers. That is what preferred success can, you, can do for you as a salesperson. Ensure that your customers have the maximum opportunity of being successful using our software. Um, so yes, we do that quite well. Um, yes, we are quite sticky, but it becomes harder and harder um, because it is a paid engagement. Um, and every year we are working with our customers to make them more efficient, more effective, more productive. All of these things that are tied to outcomes, we're almost making it harder and harder for ourselves to demonstrate value. Um, so we have to be innovative to what we add to our preferred success yeah. um, toolkit. Um, but I think one of the questions, and I avoided it, I, not on purpose um, uh, earlier on, is I think you were asked something around the lines of, um, am I accountable for both the on-prem and SaaS business? No, the offering preferred success is exclusively for our cloud portfolio products. Got so it. whether that is success factors for our HEM platform, whether it is our uh, customer experience portfolio of products, whether it's our S4 portfolio of products, whether it's our cloud platform product, um, it is cloud only that, that my team are responsible for. Got it. You just opened up a whole new line <laughs> of uh, thought for me around how you deal with overlay like that because this is getting to be a more complex environment you guys acquired qualtrics you have success factors yep. you have the erp yep. which is yep. s4 right yep yep um, so how do you do you have additional overlay so uh, we've kind of we've kind of gone 360 on this in in my two and a half years um that that i've been at sap um and i think we've landed pretty much i think where we needed to which is we will do the right thing for the customer based on their unique needs and requirements, which ultimately is everything we should be doing. Um, but we have gone through a, a few iterations of what that looks like. So go, going back to my explanation of the CSM, the, the quarterback with the playbook, um, my CSMs to a certain extent are not subject, subject matter experts in that cloud solution. Yes, some of them may do, um, because they've been at SAP for a period of time. Yes, right. some of them may do because we've hired them from a Salesforce or a Oracle or whatever, and they right. may have some history there with 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 certain industries. Um, but they may not have that industry expertise, and therefore they may not be able to assist our customers to the huge depth of technical knowledge that maybe we would have done in previous versions of the CSM role. Right. right. Um, for now, the value of the CSM is they should be somebody that should be able to understand that customer, understand their business, understand what they're trying to achieve with that software. And what they should be able to do is then work with the internal back office team of preferred success experts. So going back to that offering, when we talk about learning resources and success resources, how do we map your problem that this customer has with a solution, whether it is a check, whether it is some learning, whether it is some consulting that actually the customer has to pay for um, because it's out of scope of preferred success. So the CSM really is trying to understand what our customers are trying to achieve and how we help them achieve it. And some of that may be part of the preferred success offering. Some of it may not be, um, but, the job of the CSM ultimately is to be that facilitator to make sure that happens. Got it. Yep. That makes total sense. And so, it sounds very simple. Um, when you explain, <laughs> yeah. when you explain to someone what a CSM does at SAP, it's like, well, we understand what the problem is and then we go and find a solution and we make it come together. And we, it, it isn't <laughs> as easy as that. It, it, it really isn't. It's, it's, it's great 
but it's not easy. It's like Office Space. Remember the movie Office Space, where they asked the guy, yeah. like, what, yep. what do, you, what do yep. you do here? Yeah, <laughs> yep. exactly. I, I take yep. the requirements to yep. the developers. Yep, yep, yep. And <laughs> it no, is a little I mean, bit it, like that. It, it's a lot harder than it looks, especially, again, in a 95,000-person organization. Mm-hmm. So um, what you just said, though, was a really good segue into talking about this 3XO thing yeah. that I want you to elaborate on. Uh, so yeah. as a precursor to that, we've been doing a lot of just – we work with our clients on joint success plans. We teach them yep. how to use that very basic, simple model, but it helps them think more strategically about their customers. And we find that we can teach people how to use that tool and almost overnight their CSM teams can get more strategic with their top mm-hmm. tier of accounts. So I think that's what this whole consult idea of consultative mm-hmm. motion yep. is what really got us talking <laughs> this latest yep. time. But tell me about 3XO and what that is and how you use it. Yeah. So again, again, it's a bit of a, a bit of a journey and, um, that, that started off at Autodesk. Um, and my global head of what was called global services at Autodesk at the time, which really, um, from memory incorporated three businesses, um, customer success, um, product support and consulting. Um, uh, a guy by the name of Roberto Sagona, who now is the chief customer officer at Click. Um, but he was the one that really kind of focused us at Autodesk to think about this kind of this outcomes based approach. And, and the model that we adopted there loosely was, was something called GHOST. And you may be familiar with this, the acronym G-O-S-T, Goals, Objectives, Strategies and Tactics. Um, and the idea behind that is you have a goal um, and that largely is the big idea that your customer has that helps that that software should help them overcome. Um, and then you break it down into smaller chunks each level you go. The, the, the objective is how you measure it. The, the strategy is the wider kind of approach you're going to have to, to help your customer overcome and achieve that. And then you get into the, the weeds with the tactical approach. What are you going to do step-by-step processes? Uh, and, and we had that. And that kind of um, really drove our customer success plans at, at Autodesk. So we used that ghost approach and methodology um, and, and very successfully. Um, Brought that same idea to SAP, um, very passionate about it. I kind of touched on it at the very beginning that two and a half years ago, I was probably one of the sole people that really was trying to push it mm-hmm. in, in my region. Um, and my global head at the time spoke about Ghost and was kind of like, I think it's a little bit complex. It maybe needs to be a little bit more sharper and snappy for people to really buy into it. And we went away and just came up with this model that by coincidence had three O's. Um, and so we have this three XO model. So simplifying Ghost, getting rid of one element. Um, and those three elements are um, the outcome, the objectives and the operational tactics. Again, uh. the, the, the outcome is the big idea. Why did your customer buy success factors why did your customer buy your cx portfolio of 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 software um and then you get into slightly more granular detail the objective for me is the real key component and the reason that's so important is that's where you get very specific very deliberate um you attribute the smart acronym so specific measurable achievable realistic time bound whatever um your version of smart is um and and include a number of elements there that help drive your customer to achieve their outcome um, and then you have the operational tactics which are the things you do on a day-by-day day basis either as a CSM or as an offering so when we talk about the checks that we have in place the learning resources so the exclusive learning content we have all of these are the operational tactics that largely formulate your customer success plan but everything everything is tied to an objective so something that you can measure and demonstrate the impact of it for me if you're going to have an outcomes-based approach to customer success, 
you have to be able to measure it and provide a tangible ROI at the end of it. It has to, has to yeah. have something tangible at the end of it. We, we spend a lot of time, I think, talking, and this is our community, uh, at a very high level about outcomes. But an outcome, to your point, does not be, become measurable until it has a smart goal or an objective even. Exactly. Doesn't, and so that's why OKRs, the, the, yep. the management philosophy, yep. Yep. I guess, I don't know if Google started it, but I know they, they definitely championed it. But um, that's why that management approach has become so widely adopted, yep. right? Because yep. it's objectives and a way to measure whether we're being successful or not yep. in that objective. Yep. So, so, so we've, we've had this in place. Um, we've had this in place in EMEA for probably about 18 months now. Um, it is something that, as I said, I, I drove pretty hard and, and slightly in isolation because I felt it was the best way to, um, to deliver the renewal rates that I needed to deliver for my region. It was just my approach to owning my region. Mm -hmm. um, but we're at a stage now where we're needing to become a little bit more consistent with our approaches and we're working as a, as a wider organization to, to, to bring consistency to that process. And we, and we will do it. It's work in progress at the moment, but, um, but at the, at the most basic level and what I said to CSMs, just change the types of conversations we're having with our customers. Totally. Yeah. And, and that is the most basic and simple way of, of wording it. Let's elevate ourselves by changing the types of conversations we have with our customers. And it really does. I mean, if you, if you, if you sit down with your customer and, and talk about those things and those objectives, at least the way I think about them and my company thinks about them is mm. like, those are not adoption objectives necessarily. No. Right. I mean, they're like, it, Hey, we're going to reduce inventory yep. turns this year. Yep. Like, how yep. are we going to do that using your software? Yep, exactly that. And the, the, the phrase that I continuously use is um, adoption is the vehicle to get to an outcome. Love it. Um, and I was I don't know if you're familiar with a guy called Paul Henderson. Oh, yeah. Um, Paul. So Paul, Paul is, is great. He wrote, he wrote a book on, on outcomes that I continuously refer to. Um, I had a, an early breakfast call with him this morning and we oh, were good. swapping some, some, some greater notes and um, and stories. Um, and that's something that he talks a lot about. Um, and if you've read this book and you see some of his, yeah. his LinkedIn posts, they talk a lot about, um, adoption shouldn't be something you talk to executives about. You, you talk to executives about outcomes. They yes. don't care. They totally. do not care about what software you're using, but if you can talk to them about the impact you've had on their business, then then now that's the types of conversations that yeah exactly yeah. and uh, and that's part of the challenge that we have at sap and it's, it's been a challenge that i've had a number of companies i've worked at is you, you struggle to understand why you're not elevating the relationship with the customer well if you're going to a customer and you're going to your contact and you're talking to them about how many tickets you've solved or um or even adoption you you see senior level executives they glaze over you've lost that moment with them and and so what them probably so forever what is what they well, ask right yeah and and you know what you talk you, you say the so what piece and and i'm going to refer back to to, to roberto sagona who i ultimately reported to autodesk one of his phrases used to be so what so if you show if you show an executives a slide in a qbr and they have to ask so what it's not worth showing them yeah and it's you a great thing to that. yeah about yeah. everything. And I was just about to say, yeah. you, you should you should actually apply that logic to anything you do. Totally. Um, so, yeah, this is this is great. Um, okay, so I know we only have a few minutes left, but so this is a management approach. 
clearly this is your strategy, right? This is how this using this technique is how you're going to win in your region. I, yeah. No, I was just going to say, you're right, you're right. And I'm just going to interrupt you. So sorry, Jay. It's right, no. it, it is definitely that. And I think there's, there's two things. And this is something that me and Paul spoke about this morning. We were, we were discussing why there actually isn't a greater um, uptake of an outcomes-based approach to customer success. And, and I think people forget, they probably need to start with the end in mind. And what I mean by that is, actually, if I'm going to have an outcomes-based approach, you know why I'm doing it? Because I think it's going to positively impact my renewal rates. Yep. If it, I, I'm not sitting here or standing as I actually am and going, I'm going to do this because I think it's the right thing. I'm doing it because I know it will impact the renewal rates positively. So start right. with the end in mind and then you should hopefully get to actually that, that, that decision that the outcomes-based approach is the right way of doing it. Right. Yep. Totally. So assuming that you believe that and you've got this management philosophy around outcomes how, how are you operationalizing that? Like, let's get real tactical for a second. Mm. Do you know which customers have a 3XO plan and which ones don't? And do you guys use your CRM as part of how you manage that? Because that's what we're encouraging our customers to do. It's like, let's not just talk about it. Let's get yep. all the way down to how we're going to execute and measure. Work, work in progress um, <laughs> with utilizing Tatango for that. Um, but, but we are getting there. Um, at the moment, um, the outcome is captured um, as part of the, the customer success plan, the plan that we have in partnership with our customer. Um, this will be something that we will look to implement into to Tango. And that's something that is a work in progress at the moment. Yep. Um, in the interim, um, I have quite a strict approval process because I, I am very strongly opinionated that for outcomes to to have a positive impact on your renewal have to have a quality level yep. and you can't let that quality level drop. So I talk very um, passionately about the need for it to follow a particular structure um, and for it to be a particular quality. I actually yep. have within my team of, of CSMs, I actually have kind of a, a, an approval steering committee. So it's five senior CSMs that get it, live it and breathe it um and any one of those outcomes have to come to those csms for a form of approval before we before we take it to our customers it maintains um the quality aspect that i place such an important level on love it man. um and then within Great. that within that i have a i'll say it quietly an excel based report that allows me to know where any of those outcomes are um, in terms of discussion with the customer approval, yep. are we executing on? But not only that, but I actually have a pipeline of value these outcomes will deliver. So I know at the moment, and I can look at um, my five regional leaders that have five regions and know which one of those regions have $8 million worth of outcomes that we're going to deliver on this year. So oh, it's, wow. it's, it's almost a sales kind of pipeline approach where we keep checking in and going, actually, do we have a pipeline of outcomes that we're delivering? Um, the one of the challenges we, we continuously come up against is preferred success isn't accountable for all of that outcome. And, that, and that's okay. But what I want us to do is to be able to talk very knowledgeably, very confidently that we're making our customers' life easier and we're helping them achieve those outcomes quicker. They may have got to those outcomes eventually. I'm not, I'm not kidding us that, that, that they may get there without us. But if it's going to take them 18 months, can we make it six months? Time is money, so, man. Time is money. So, Time is valuable. So, yeah. So that's important. But um, I love the outcomes piece. It's, it's, 
it's i mean i i position it as real customer success yeah. um and one of my csms that that joined me um a year and a half ago when we were talking about it and we were talking about the change that is needed to move from a reactive tactical based csm role to an, a strategic kind of outcomes based one and he just made it very simple he said as a csm why would you not want to it's so much more enjoyable so actually yeah. there's an employee engagement aspect in there which i think yeah. is really critical that we you know, quite easily miss these are the types of conversations that you should be excited about as a csm totally. you're impacting companies business and what they do and it's you're not chasing um, around tickets and no, in implementation in the weeds yeah in weeds like yeah you actually get to be a strategic player Yep. in your business because you know so much about your customer's business. Yep. I think there's a lot to that. Very good. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I think we could go another, I don't know what, two, three hours at least. Uh, I, we should well, sometime. Yeah. yeah. And I'm more than happy to, I, um, as you know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about the outcomes based piece. It's great to hear other people around the globe that, that have a, a similar level of, of passion around it. Um, and I just hope that more of the CS community and network really buy into it and understand why they, why they have to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all been challenged over recent weeks and months with everything that's going on in the globe with the, the value of customer success. And we're sadly seeing some CSMs lose their roles and, and organizations deciding that, that customer success isn't a priority for them. And, and that's sad, but I think actually, I'm not saying an outcomes-based approach to customer success will have solved that and prevented that from happening. But if you can articulate tangibly the impact, not just what you're having on your customer, but your own business, I think that's a pretty, a pretty strong and um, yeah. powerful message as well. Yeah. My, I have a strong opinion that from what I'm seeing, I'll say this carefully, but a lot of, I think it's a little bit of a reckoning where teams have gotten a little bit too tactical and yep. are more, you know, help, sort of like an advanced almost like an extension of support as opposed yeah. to a, a, yep. a strategic outcomes based extension of go to market, I think yep. is where yep. we're getting into a little bit of trouble. So, but you know, I, I think the industry is learning. It's, I mean, certainly with folks like you, with Paul, yep. um, you know, these, this kind of messaging and approach is really becoming more and more of the standard conversation. It's yep. just about how so. you implement it, you know? Yep. So awesome. Dude, this has been great. Let's, uh, let's definitely do it again. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's long overdue, as you and me were saying before, uh, totally. before we got into this. And, um, and we should catch up for part two somewhere along the line. Yeah, and at some point, we will cross paths in well, person. Either yeah, in San Francisco or... De definitely. UK, and um, we'll, we'll do it. Ho hopefully when we move on from this, this current world we're in and, and travels back on the, the, um, the agenda for people, then, then those paths will definitely cross. And I look forward to it. Yeah, me too, Matt. All right, man. Jay. Thank you for your time. Evening. Look after yourself. Stay safe. And, uh, and I look forward to speaking to you again. Sounds great. Take it easy. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.